Hey everyone, it's me, Annie, and this is my third podcast. I wanted to talk a little bit today about what you can do to help yourself when the weather gets colder and maybe you get a cold too. And that's what happens sometimes in the change of seasons. All of a sudden you get a drippy nose or you get a little cough or you get a headache, you feel achy, whatever it is. A lot of times it's just from everything changing and you change too. So I wanted to help you out here with a little bit of information about foods that heal and different recipes that you can make for yourself that'll give you the opportunity to experience these foods and feel better because of it. One of these foods is ginger. Another one is kuzu. And we haven't talked about that yet, but we're going to talk about it today. Third one is miso, which we've talked about a little bit, but not in the way that we're going to be doing it in this podcast. And last but not least, our old pal umeboshi, which is always good for everything. And I'm going to be giving a recipe to use that for something that you can make when you're feeling under the weather. Let's start with ginger, though. I love ginger. I love ginger in everything. I love ginger in... Uh, it's raw state, and I also love ginger when it's cooked. And the first thing to know about ginger is how to make ginger tea. The most important thing to remember is don't boil the ginger to make the tea. What you want to do is you want to slice off a piece of ginger that's about a half an inch to an inch, and then cut that up into thin slices and put those in the bottom of a mug or a teacup. Then bring water to a boil, turn it off, and let it sit for a minute or two. So it's just under the boiling point. Pour that water over the ginger and let it steep. And you'll know that it's ready to drink when it smells really delicious. You can use those same slices for a couple of different cups of ginger tea, not just the first one. Obviously, it'll get a little bit thinner as you go, a little bit less strong, but it'll still work. What do you use ginger tea for? Use it for any kind of digestive disturbance. Use it for if you get a headache. Use it for if you want to warm yourself up from the inside. Use it if you have that first feeling that something is up and you're not feeling quite right. Ginger tea is awesome. Ginger tea is anti-nausea. Ginger tea is um, something that... You can have just to spur your appetite because sometimes you're not really feeling like eating and you know you should. Have a cup of ginger tea and it'll start your appetite off so that you can think of other food. That's one way to use ginger. Another way to use ginger is in this next recipe, which I call the whammy drink. And the reason why I call it the whammy drink is because it puts the whammy on anything that's happening in your system can be used for all kinds of different problems, issues, just feeling not right. But it could also be for the flu. It could also be for a cold. It could also be for just wanting to level yourself out after a stressful time. And how do you make that? Well, the way we drink is simple. It contains several of our friends. It contains the ginger. It contains the muboshi. It contains a bit of shoyu or tamari, which is soy sauce. And it also contains our new friend kuzu. 
Kuzu is an amazing food, and it grows rampant over the south in um, areas where you don't keep an eye on it, the vines of the kuzu can actually overgrow a house in a matter of weeks. Kuzu is tenacious. Kuzu is a very strong root that sends up these vines. And the root of kuzu is what is used to make the powder that we're going to use in this recipe. What you do is you buy kuzu powder, which is in chunks, you make sure you have fresh ginger. You make sure you have some good organic tamari or soy sauce. And you make sure you have actual umeboshi plums, or if you can't get those, umeboshi plum paste. And then you assemble your whammy drink. One other issue with the whammy drink is that sometimes people don't like it as much if it's made with water. They like it better if it's made with a tea called kukicha. Kukicha is another new friend. Kukicha is the twigs of the tea plant instead of the leaves. Now the leaves are what contain the caffeine. The twigs contain a a nice roasty flavor because they're actually roasted twigs. And they're also extremely alkalinizing and they can be the base of this whammy drink. I would say to buy some kukicha and see if you like it as a tea. If you like it as tea, then you'll like it as the base of the whammy drink. If you're not so much into it as tea, and I don't really know anybody who's not, but just accounting for taste, you can make the whammy drink with just plain water. Here's how you assemble it. You take either a cup of already made kukicha tea or a cup of water, and you put it in a saucepan, and you bring it to a simmer. Now the next thing you do, you take a tablespoon of kuzu, which is a chunky powder, and you put it in a measuring cup, and you add to it a quarter of a cup of cold water, and you stir this around with a fork. It'll be a thin kind of creamy consistency, and you get the little lumps of it out by stirring it with a fork. Bring the water or the kukicha tea back to a boil and slowly with, I use a wooden spoon, slowly with a wooden spoon stir the kuzu cream into the now boiling kukicha or water. And keep stirring and what you'll see is it first gets white but then it starts to get thick and clear and that's what you want. As soon as it's completely thick and clear, you turn it off. To this, you add the equivalent of either one umeboshi plum that you've cut in half or a teaspoon, a full teaspoon of umeboshi paste, a little shot of tamari or soy sauce, and but I mean, excuse me, a little shot of tamari or soy sauce, And by that I mean just a little turn of it so that you knock a bit into the mixture. And fresh ginger. I would say a half an inch of fresh ginger that you've cut into dice. But only add these other ingredients once the mixture has been thickened with the kuzu and has come down in temperature a bit. Again, you don't want to cook the ginger. You don't want to cook the umeboshi. You don't want to cook the soy sauce. 
You just want to add it to the hot mixture once it's off the stove. And then you wait for a minute until it comes down in temperature to a temperature that you can easily eat with a spoon. And that's what you do with it. You pour it into a soup bowl. It's pretty thick. And you eat it with a spoon. It's really delicious. Now, when you're sick and you eat a bowl full of this, you feel it working immediately. You feel it neutralizing a lot of what's going on in your body that's making you uncomfortable. And as I said, it's equally as good for digestive things as it is for colds and flu. So you can use it in a lot of different ways. That's a really delicious thing to do for yourself when you're not feeling well. Next thing, miso. We love miso. We love miso soup. But people tend to think of miso soup as being something specifically Japanese, and it doesn't have to be. The ingredient is Japanese, but the way you use it doesn't have to be. You can make any soup a miso soup by bringing the soup to a simmer, turning it off, diluting a bit of miso paste in water so you can add it into the soup, stirring it, and leaving it to do something which is called blooming. Blooming miso is when the heat of the soup that you add it to affects the miso so that it separates out from the soup, and you can see a sort of cloud of miso floating in the soup. That's called the miso blooming. That can only be done if the miso isn't really cooked, if it's just added to a soup. Now, for a miso soup, you usually use a dark miso. But you can use the chickpea miso that we spoke about in the first podcast, or you can use a darker miso, like a barley miso, or what I do, which is a combination of the two. I use half and half, and it makes it thick and creamy and light and delicious. Now, what I like to do is when I make even a minestrone soup, or a split pea soup, or any kind of mixed vegetable soup or bean soup, I like to add a little bit of miso at the end when I turn it off because it gives me a rich soup. But there's also other ways to use miso. Now, in the first podcast, I talked to you about that miso drizzle. Well, another way to use miso is to make something that I call miso tahini spread. Miso tahini spread is a combination of tahini, which is ground-up sesame seeds that are made into a paste, and miso. And really, the way that you put the two together is by proportions. So if you're making miso tahini spread, use one part miso to three or four parts tahini. And you can do this to your taste. Start out with three parts of tahini to one part miso. Stir that up. And as you stir it, you'll see it gets thicker and thicker and thicker and thicker. And again, you can use either barley miso for this, or you can use chickpea miso, or you can use a combination of the two. Whatever you prefer. When it starts getting really thick, to almost to the point of, of not being able to stir it anymore, you start putting in small amounts of water. And you keep on stirring it until you get it to the consistency of a very nice, rich paste that's easily spreadable. I would say like a, a peanut butter. A bit thinner, but like a peanut butter. And then you can season it. Some people like it with thyme. I like it with thyme. Some people like to put chives in. Some people like to put other herbs. 
Whatever you like is what you should do. You should only ever do what you like. Another thing you can do is you can grate some ginger and you can put some ginger in it. It's really tasty like that. And there's a very simple sandwich that you can make with misotini spread that I used to make all the time, which was a watercress sandwich. If you take two slices of bread and you lightly toast them and then spread each side of the bread, the toasted bread, with misotini spread and then put a big wad of cleaned, gorgeous watercress in the middle. Put the two sides together and wrap it up with unwaxed wax paper, which is one of my favorite things to have in my kitchen. And leave it be for a few minutes. What will happen is the heat of the toast will start to soften the watercress. And you can pack this up and you can take this with you on a trip or you can take this with you to work or you can take this with you to school. And when you're ready to have it, unwrap it and you'll have a wilted watercress miso teeny sandwich. One of the tastiest things you ever had in your life. So I urge you to do that. It's a simple, delicious kind of filling treat that you can have on a day where you're not quite sure what you want to eat. It always fits the bell. So that's another thing to do with miso. Another friend is garlic. And garlic is something that you either love or you're not quite sure about or you don't like at all. But everybody falls into one of those three categories. I'm in the category where I don't like raw garlic and I don't like the smell of garlic cooking. But I've devised a very tricky way to be able to use garlic where I really appreciate it and I don't have any of the problems that I do with either raw or cooked garlic. What I call this is popped garlic and you achieve an even better result by doing it my way than by doing it as roasted garlic but in a similar way. What you do is you take a fork and you impale a clove of garlic that still has its skin on, on the fork. And usually I'll just rinse it off and then I'll put it on the fork as though I'm using the fork as a skewer, the way that you would with barbecue. And I'll hold the garlic over a flame on my gas stove and I'll completely sear the outside so that all that skin on the outside of the garlic turns black. And I'll keep turning it and searing it and turning it and searing it. Once all the skin has turned black, you'll smell a wonderful smell, which will let you know that the garlic has toasted. And then you can run it under cold water, and the skin will peel off immediately. And what you have is you have the equivalent of roasted garlic, but you've made it in a matter of minutes on the top of your stove. I put this in my pesto. I put this in sauces and soups. You can also use this medicinally. If you want to, you can make a ginger and garlic tea. You can spread it on bread. You can use it in a million different ways. But to me, it makes happy garlic. Because as I said, the other ones don't sit well with me, but this one I could always eat. It's really delicious. It's really simple. Garlic is antibacterial and garlic is antimicrobial. So when you're feeling under the weather, it's a good idea to pop some garlic 
and slip it into either your miso soup or have it in a stew or have it with um, your, your whammy drink. You can do that. Or when you make the watercress sandwich, you can spread the popped garlic along the toast and then put on the miso tahini spread and then sandwich that in with the watercress and wrap it all up. And that way you have a garlic miso tahini watercress sandwich. It's pretty good. You can also toss it with pasta. You can also toss it with rice. You can do a lot of things with it. You can have fun. So that's it. A couple of new friends, a couple of new healing foods, a couple of new ways to use them. And I hope you're all feeling well. But if for any reason you're not, these are new things to try to help yourself feel better. With love. See you next time. Take care.